Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman! Hey, that's three! From Carpat and Finland, Jesse Portijarvi. He takes the snap, and J.C. Sherrick goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it! Eskimos win the football game! It is short! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now... Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. Will Chris Versteeg be an Edmonton Oiler? He is going to get a shot. The 30-year-old winger signed to a professional tryout contract by the Oilers today. He'll join us in a few minutes as he tries to get his... NHL career going again. He was ready to go play in Switzerland for Burn, but that didn't work out. He'll explain all coming up in the opening half hour of Inside Sports right here on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Happy weekend. It's going to be a fun one. We have the rematch tomorrow on 6.30, Chet. 3.30 for the pregame show. 5 o'clock kickoff at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Your 5-5 five and five Eskimos hosting the mighty 8-1-1 one, one Calgary Stampeders. We'll have a preview throughout Inside Sports tonight. Morley Scott is going to join us. You'll hear from Mike Riley, Jason Moss, J.C. Sherritt as we move along throughout the evening. And, of course, from 2 to 3.30 tomorrow, I'll have a special show from Rogers Place as the public can go in, the big open house that you've all been waiting for you around 57,000 people with tickets to go through Rogers Place tomorrow so we'll have a special show from there that's going to be a lot of fun I can tell you that the Toronto Blue Jays big showdown with the Boston Red Sox not going well top of the third already 4 nothing for Boston they got one in the first two in the second they have two more in the third they are still Batting and the Red Sox coming into this game with a one-game lead on the Blue Jays for first in the American League. So the Blue Jays are currently in a playoff position, but as a wild-card team. Canada taking on the United States in Columbus tonight, World Cup of Hockey, and the United States jumping out to a 2-0 lead in that one. We'll keep you updated. Uh, we will keep you updated on what's going on in St. Albert. The Oil Kings have a preseason game tonight against Calgary. It starts in about an hour, and also in about an hour at Foot Field. The U of A Golden Bears suffered a tough loss Last week at UBC, they rushed for over 300 yards, couldn't come up with the victory. Well, tonight they're at home taking on the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. So there you go. A lot to talk about uh, this evening. Jim Matheson is uh, going to join us as well. Jamie Thomas will hop on as well for a little pigskin talk. But we want to jump right in with a guy who today signed a professional tryout contract with your Edmonton Oilers. It's Chris Versteeg. Chris, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. 
Yeah, Thank thanks you. a lot for joining us, and uh, congratulations on the PTO today with the Oilers. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about the, the process here of, of, of looking for a PTO, looking for a team. Well, when were the uh, Oilers on the radar for you? Well, we had actually been talking to Edmonton for quite a while um, about possibilities even before I signed in Switzerland. It was a it was a team uh, that we talked about with my agent that I, you know, even if it's uh, in whatever way I can, I'd, I'd like to be a part of. And um, especially after everything in Swiss, uh, Switzerland kind of fell through there, uh, we had a bunch of PTOs and we started to go through teams and rosters and um again Edmonton kept coming up and it's a place that I would I would really you know I would really like to make and be a part of and, and try to help be a part of the solution well l- let me ask you what you would lo- what makes Edmonton something you'd like to be a part of obviously uh, I know on the plus side a lot of people say McDavid and a new rink um, but everybody knows what the team has been through recently you know coming off another year near the bottom of the standing so what's uh, appealing to you about the Oilers well, there's a lot of different reasons. Like you just named it too, with McDavid and the new rink. That's always exciting and enticing for anybody. So, uh, but and for myself, being from Alberta and trying to be close to home, I have two kids and a, a newborn, and um, trying to be around family and pray, play in front of them every night would be something great for me too. So, um, I, I think that was part of it, and uh, you know, many reasons. Brandon Davidson, a, a kid who I've tried to help mentor for years and uh, be a part of his um, you know his journey and, and, and see him and uh, and knowing Milan as well so you have people here you know and, and trust and uh, even Pete I was a, I was a Pete for a short time in in Boston so it's it's about coming here and um, trying to make my mark and impress everyone as best as I can and, and hopefully earn a deal well you brought up a few things there that I, that I wanted to ask you about and one was Peter Shirelli, because I, I guess you know in the in the NHL you you never know when you're going to connect or reconnect with somebody because he did he not trade you when you were a very young Boston Bruins prospect? Yeah, I was a prospect and he traded me and um, I always said he you know my goal at that time when I was young and I was like I, I want to make him you know look bad and nowadays it's like man I want to make him look good. So <laughs> it's about doing, you know, at that time, uh, you know, I I mean, being traded uh, and going and playing, you're just young and you go and, and play and you realize now it's just part of business. And I've been traded a lot and I've been brought back to teams by uh, even Stan Bowman. So it's, uh, I mean, it doesn't make a difference to me as long as I, I can go out and try to play my game and, and help a team win. You mentioned Brandon Davidson, who I actually interviewed yesterday after the Oilers had a skate at Rogers Place. It it probably won't surprise you to hear that he became very popular with the fans last season, and and a lot of people were disappointed when he was hurt and couldn't finish the season. Just tell me a little bit about your relationship with him and, and why you think he was able to take some pretty big strides forward in his career last year. Well, yeah, and a lot of this about Brandon hasn't surprised me at all. Uh, I've seen his development from a, a young age, and and even you know seeing him not play midget AAA and then not be drafted to the Dub, and still continuing to make pro or progress each and every year, and find a way to uh, get better and want to be better every day and and every season. So um, he's a player. I said in an interview earlier, he has high hockey IQ. I think he he knows 
he knows how to stay within himself within his game and uh and he wants to be an nhler and he wants to be you know he wants to be good and, and known for that so uh he works hard extremely hard in the summers i've trained with him for probably uh 10 years now 10 odd years and uh, i see him every day in the summertime when i'm uh, when i'm home and uh, it's just exciting to see a, a kid from around my hometown uh be be as successful as he's been especially in the last year and i and i root for him every day you also touched on milan lucic you know you were a teammate of his for 14 games so i don't want to build this up as saying that uh you guys have some kind of long-standing relationship but he was a big signing by the Oilers in the summer. It's hoped he's going to bring an element that, that the Oilers have kind of been missing from their lineup in, in recent seasons. What was your brief experience in being Lucic's teammate? Well, I, 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 I've known Leach, Luch for quite a long time. We played each other in the WHL, and then we were in, we were in camp in Boston together as kids. Um, for the first time, so we we did a couple camps together, and um, and then even coming to LA, he's a guy who really helped me feel at home right away from knowing him from before. And uh, he has a friend back in Lethbridge who's family friends with me as well. So um, I've known Luch for quite a while, and we've had a great relationship. And so when I saw him sign in Edmonton, I knew I knew that that was pretty special for him. He was excited about it, and and the fans were excited, and and as they should be. He's a guy that can really dictate the game. And, and change the the flow of the game in more ways than one. He's he's a guy that has underrated hockey IQ, and he can really make a lot of you know plays that maybe people didn't know he can do. So uh, it's exciting for Oilers fans. It's exciting for his teammates, and uh, and for me, it's exciting to know a guy uh, like him and Davey going there, and, and hopefully uh, helping myself earn a contract. Chris Versteeg joining us on Inside Sports, uh, signs a PTO with the Edmonton Oilers today. So that contract is your goal, Chris. You know, what do you hope to bring to the team and, and prove here once we get going into camp and preseason games? What do you have to do? Well, first and foremost, I want to come in and, and play my game and, and not change. I've done the, I've done it for many years. I've tried to always evolve with the game, but uh, play my game and try to be, you know, try to make plays in right situations and be a guy that tries to make his line mates better and um, in many ways and be tenacious and uh, just try to do all the little things, whether they want me on left wing or right wing, and uh, just to show them I'm versatile in many ways too. So, uh, And then also in the locker room, just you know, someone to joke around with and keep things light, but also know when guys have boundaries. So that's something that I've always uh, kind of prided myself on. It's not like I, I only want to be known for that, but I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to show that in, in more ways than one that I can be a part of the team. Are you equally comfortable on on the left side as as the right side? Is, is your preference right wing, or you can also just tell me if I'm being too picky about talking about which wing is your preference? <laughs> no, I, it's it's really no no uh, big deal. I think I've played left for half the games almost in my career, and right for the other half. And especially in uh, places like Chicago, it flip flopped every shift almost. So I've played center a little bit too, but. Um, Really, it's just about trying to find a role within the team at whatever position that may be. Things change, and uh, whatever way I can try to get on this team and try to get into this roster and help whatever position that might be, I'm going to do my best at that. And um, if they see me comfortable at one time or the other, maybe that's what they see, and, and I'll try to go out and do my best. 
Okay. And, you know, when you were in the news previously this off season, it was about going to Switzerland, and, and now obviously that isn't happening. So I'm just wondering if, if you can shed any any light on that. You know, are, are you good health-wise? Uh, you know, I think there's just some uh, yeah. curiosity about what went down there. Yeah, I, I mean, I showed up to camp 100% healthy, and it's, it's kind of hard to explain unless you know the insurance and issues over there, and there's things called illness and injury. You'd kind of have to look into it a bit different, but um, the way it was is they were looking at, they look at things as an illness, and you're covered uh, only a small percent. If it's an injury, you're covered a bit more, and then the team has to assume the risk. So uh, they looked at one thing as a possible illness, which doesn't mean anything because I showed up 100% healthy, and then uh, they asked me to assume the risk, and I, you know, I, I wanted to be fully covered as the main thing for me. And um, both, you know, we talked about it, and I didn't want to sign a contract where I wasn't fully covered, and so we just parted ways. But it was it was fine. Both both sides agreed on it, and um, even my time in Bern was great. You know, I was there practicing, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It didn't work out, but you know what? There's always a blessing in disguise, and I hope this is the blessing. Okay, so when are you coming to Edmonton? you have plans for that yet? Yeah, I'm just booking uh, flights now, and I'm going to most likely be there sometime mid-next uh, week to uh, just start to get to know the guys and skate with everyone. Okay, well, look forward to meeting you in person. Chris, thank you so much for your time today, and all the best here when you join the Oilers. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. So that is Chris Versteeg, professional tryout contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Stats-wise, 550 games, 313 points. Last year, he played with Carolina and briefly with L.A., 14 games. That was the Milan-Lucic connection. His uh, totals last season, five goal, or pardon me, 15 goals, 23 assists. He's a guy who has a career high of 54 points. He can kind of be around half a point per game, I think, which is in the Teddy Purcell range. If if you want to find a comparable points-wise to a guy who recently was an Edmonton Oiler, you can text 630-630. This listener says, where do you think Versteeg would end up in the lineup? Well, here's the right side right now. Eberle, Neil Yakupov, Jesse Pugliarve, Zach Cassian, and Chris Versteeg, who's not actually on the roster, but gets a PTO. I would think Eberle plays on one of the top two lines, probably starts on the top line with McDavid and Lucic. I think that's how they'll start the season at least. Now, Yakupov and Pugliarve are question marks. The question marks surrounding Neil Yakupov have been well covered, and I'm not delving into them again tonight. Jesse Pugliarve's question mark is, he is he's a rookie. Will he be able to jump in and contribute immediately at the NHL? So there may be a middle six position available for Chris Versteeg if he plays well through training camp because I would think Cassian's going to be on the fourth line. Your thoughts at 780-496-0063. We'll get to the open line with Jim when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. So still 2-0, United States leading Canada tune-up game for the World Cup of Hockey. That's being played in Columbus. They're almost halfway through the second period. Blue Jays trying to fight back. They get two in the bottom of the third. They now trail the Red Sox 4-2 after three. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Oilers news today. Chris Versteeg signed to a professional tryout contract. You just heard from him. Now you're going to hear from Jim from Red Deer. Jim, thanks for calling, man. Go ahead. Reed, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to hear from you. 
Thank you. Reed, uh, you actually just brought another question on, on the PTO. What, is it, what do the Oilers have to pay him? Well, it's a professional tryout contract, so right. I, I'm not actually sure if he what he get. He probably gets his, you know, some. Exp- I'd have to look it up under the CBA, but he does not have an actual contract for this season. So if he's not good enough, right. the Oilers can walk away whenever they want. Right. Okay. Now, a couple comments. You know, I'm surprised that the Eskimos are maybe more disappointed. We have a, a, a general manager who gives a coach. He's happy with him. I don't know what our GM is under, but maybe it's time for that P test. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, we have a, a coach who, when you play bad, well, let's, let's not change things up. Let's leave Mike Riley in there. I mean, what do we got our, our second-string quarterback besides clearing a, a, a clipboard, Franklin? I mean, if we can't put him in when this team is playing bad, uh, he'll never play. And I don't think anybody would want to play for the Eskimos when they don't get a chance. Okay, well, I, I, yeah, people have asked that, that before, Jim. I, I just think, I mean, Riley was the MVP of the Grey Cup last year, and he helped them win 10 games in a row, so I think Moss is pretty reluctant to, to pull the trigger uh, on a change. And I, I don't think, I think the whole team got beat last week. I, I don't think they lost exclusively because of quarterback play. No, but, but as your quarterback goes, your team goes. All I'm saying is you take him out for a couple plays and change momentum. And maybe, I mean, they used to do that years ago. Eskimos used to do that. And then they quit doing that. And, I mean, I, I respect your opinion, but I think changes have to be made. Uh, the other thing is with the Oilers, it's good that they come out with the food prices, but, or the food menu, but I'll sure be curious to see what the, the food's going to cost because I think it's going to be awful expensive. Yeah, I don't know what it is, actually. They weren't on, on the website, and I haven't been at the rink when the concessions have, uh, have been open. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt when you, when you go to a pro-sporting venue these days, you... You pay for food and beer. But I'm not sure yeah, exactly well, what these are going to be, though. I'll bring you, save your pop bottles. You need them. Thanks, Reed. Okay. See you, Jim. I always save my pop bottles, and I just use the money to buy more pop. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Good to hear from you, buddy. Hey, man. Uh, just uh, calling in on uh, this uh, Versteague uh, PTO. I think it's a great move. It's one of those uh, low-risk, high-reward type things. I, I, I wish that we would have... Uh, I uh, tried to get uh, Wisniewski on a PTO. Also, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. This is this is these are the things that uh, we should have been doing for for a long time. Uh, you, we have to get uh, these veteran uh, veteran players that could sign uh, these uh, small small affordable contracts to uh, insulate it or uh, you know insulate our our young guys. And uh, you know, it, it takes away uh, you know. Instead of having to play our our young guys uh, way too many minutes, you know you can, you can throw him out there, and he's a he's a pesky pesky little uh, player. If I if I uh, remember correctly, his his days in Chicago, he used to score the odd goal here and there, and, and also be a pest. So it's good. I think he'll end up uh, end up staying with the Oilers, and if he puts up uh, forty thirty five to forty five points, I think it's a win win. And I don't I don't expect him signing for anything more than two million, so it'll be pretty good. And uh, just looking forward to the season to start. And uh, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, Team North America is probably going to win the World Cup. I have a feeling. Um, a lot of these teams are going to take uh, take these kids um, for granted. Or not for granted, but uh, lightly. And it's just going to it's gonna bite them in the back. So that's all I have. And uh, have a great weekend. And let's go Oilers. All right, Chris from Phoenix. Glad to hear from you. 
We'll hear a lot from him during uh, the season as well. Always good to hear from him. Okay, it's uh, 627. You can text 630, 630 as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Oilers and the Versteeg signing. When we get back with Hall of Fame writer from the Edmonton Journal, Jim Matheson is going to pop on. It's Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Gen. for the ride tonight inside sports on 6.30. Chad, still 2-0. United States leading Canada in a World Cup tune-up game in Columbus. Seven minutes left in the second period. Canada is out shooting the States uh, 26-20. Has not been able to score yet. CFL action later tonight. Montreal will play at BC. The Lions 7-3. Montreal 3-7. They are having a tough time. Ricky Ray from Toronto. He'll be out four to six weeks with a partially deflated lung. There was speculation yesterday that he might be out for the full season with a punctured lung now being called partially deflated four to six weeks. Calgary Stampeders defensive tackle Quinn Smith has been suspended for three games. He tested positive for a banned substance for the second time in his career. The first time that happened, he hadn't actually been drafted yet. It was when he was a Concordia University student at the 2014 CFL Combine. Under the current rules, a second positive test is actually a nine-game suspension, but it's been altered for him because his first positive test was before he was was before these rules came into place and he wasn't actually in the CFL at that time. So a little change the Stampeders will have to deal with tomorrow. All right, so the Oilers given Chris Versteeg a shot. Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal joins me on the line now. Jim, thanks for making time for me tonight. How are you doing? Good, uh, Reed. Yeah, thanks for uh, talking. Oh, did Canada just score while I was rambling on there? I think uh, who got that one? Uh, sorry, Jim. I'm just watching the replay. <laughs> I don't know if you have the game. Well, on I'm, I was watching, uh, flipping back and forth between the Blue Jay game and the and the Canada Canada U.S. game is a little better than the Blue Jays are playing tonight. Yeah, Bergeron, Patrice Bergeron just scored. Crosby was in front, uh, causing a bit of trouble for himself, and the Blue Jays are now down five uh, two. As you mentioned, the bottom of four to the Red Sox. Okay. Uh, Chris Versteeg, Jim, we thought this this might be coming. Uh, I mean, he's had some decent offensive years. Uh, the situation in Switzerland didn't work out for him because of some insurance issues. I mean, of course, somebody texted in and said, where where does he fit in the lineup? Um, middle six forward at best if he makes the team. How do you look at this, Jim? Uh, I'd say not first line between second and third line. He's Teddy Purcell to me. He's a veteran NHL player who can kind of play second or third line. Uh, he shoots right, which is not a bad thing. Um, he's a 35 to 40 point player most years, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'd be shocked if they don't give him a contract. If he just plays like Chris Christie can play, they'll give him a contract when the training camp's over. And uh, um, you know, I think they, you know, it's. Uh, after Jordan Everly, it's pretty unsettled, although, you know, Peter Shirelli was talking to me earlier today, and he doesn't think it's as unsettled as I do. 
you know, he admits that Pugliarvi has not played any NHL games yet, but he's got, you know, really good stats and stuff in the Finnish Elite League. And, uh, that Yakupov has to start playing like Yakupov, like a first overall draft pick. And, and, uh, and if that was the case, uh, I don't know if Christopher Stieg would be here. Like, let's put it this way. If, if Neil Yakupov was playing like Neil Yakupov should play, I, I don't think they'd be signing Christopher Stieg, but, but he's not. So for Stieg's here. And, um, I don't see any reason why he can't make the orders, to be honest. And uh, he's insurance, if nothing else, and they should get him at a good price. Okay, so let me ask you this. Are you are you saying that Shirelli suggested... Like, does it almost sound like Shirelli has more confidence in Pugliarve being an NHL contributor than Yakupov at this point? Or am I reading too much into what you're no, saying? No, I'm there? just saying that he, he's, you know, he, he admits that Pugliarve is, is from, you know, northern Finland and and uh, in terms of being in North America, he hasn't done much of that, and that's going to be a struggle acclimating himself to North America um, off the ice. But he says he's got really good offensive ability. So you know, he says if he, you know, he could he could play in the top nine. But you know, he says it's up to him. The old training camp story: it's up to the kid to see how he plays. So in Yakupov's case, it's you pretty much said to me it's up to Yakupov to start playing better you know so um, which you know is certainly you know nothing we haven't heard before I mean Yakupov has to start despite there's still a segment of Edmonton Oilers fans who seem to think that he should be playing with Connor McDavid or he should be playing with whomever I think Nail has to prove to the coaches that he deserves more ice time and with better players so the door is open for Christopher Stieg, as far as I can see, and he has moved around a lot. But um, you know, like I said, he's a 35 to 40 point player. I don't, his skating the last little while hasn't been as good, I don't think, as it was when he was younger. So I mean, that would be the only downside. I would suggest that he's not as good a skater as he as he once was. But then Teddy Purcell was not a phenomenal skater either, but he still puts up points. So yeah, I think it's a good you know it's a good tryout. It's good. No, no, no lose for either Versteeg or the Oilers. To be honest, if if he looks good, they'll sign him. And uh, in Versteeg's case, um, he gets a chance, a free chance to show the Oilers what he can do, and other NHL teams what he can do in exhibition season. If not the Oilers, then other teams will see that he can still play, and he maybe sign there. Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal joining us inside sports on 6:30. Chad, in terms of of PTOs, and, and you mentioned it's it's you know kind of a, a low risk maneuver here. I had a regular caller, Chris from Phoenix, calling in before our 6:30 news, saying he, he thinks this this is great. The Oilers need to add experience, allow other guys to come along at their own pace. Center wise, I mean, there's been a lot of Mike Richards speculation. I, I know you've been covering that closely uh, as as well, Jim. Is is the Richards camp gonna gonna wait this out a little bit, or or do you think there's a chance he winds up on a PTO here in Edmonton too? Not, well, he's not getting a contract here. I know that, right? So if he's coming here, it's on a PTO. He's not getting a contract, so I'm sure that Mike and his agent Pat Morris are still, you know, hoping that some team gives him a contract before training camp. Um, but he's not going to get one from the Oilers. So if he's if if he's at Oilers training camp, it will be on a PTO. And uh, in Mike's case, I, I think he's. To be honest, I think he has more to sh- prove than Christopher Steed does. He's won a couple of cups, but the last couple of years he hasn't played in terms of putting up points terribly, well enough a lot of them. So um, 
well, he's you know, around the same, a little bit older than Christopher Stieg. His his offense has kind of dried up, so um, I think he has to prove to more NHL teams that he can still play more than just a fourth wide role. All right. Connor McDavid has been named captain of Team North America. That squad looked really good yesterday in beating Europe 4 nothing. McDavid was very good but held off the score sheet. Ryan Nugent Hopkins got a goal. I mean, Jim, I have been saying all summer, I am convinced Connor McDavid is going to be the captain of the Edmonton Oilers when shortly after he returns from, from the World Cup of Hockey. Um, I, I don't know what your read on the situation is, but uh, just your thoughts on McDavid uh, getting the C for North America and I think very potentially getting it as an Edmonton Oiler as well. Well, I can't say I was surprised he got to see with the under-24 team. Um, I mean, he's already, you know, around the league with older players than, than players on his own team. He's got a lot of notoriety and a lot of respect from older, even older players than the players on his own North American team in the World Cup. So, um being named the captain of that team is not a surprise, and yeah, he's going to be the captain of the Oilers. I, I would, I uh, would say it's about ninety-nine percent certain that he'd be the captain of the Oilers this upcoming season, and, uh, and they'll, you know, have some A's um, that will help him out. Now, a lot of people say there won't be four. Some say there'll only be two, uh, but in past years, I believe they've had some assistance at home, some assistance on the road. So um, there is Milan Lucic here and Matt Hendricks who are older, and there's Jordan Eberle and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins uh, who've had the letters before who could also be ace either home or away. So um, he'll be well looked after even if he's got the C. And as Wayne Gretzky said yesterday, it's not the, that onerous a burden to have the captaincy. Um his game's not going to change any, whether he's got the captaincy or he doesn't have the captaincy, he's still going to play the same way. So um, Somebody else will just have to have to plan the team parties, right. which is what the captain <laughs> right. often does. And the captain, you know, also is, is, you know, is a conduit to the coach, for sure. I mean, you know, the, the captain and the coach talk about what's, you know, the, the room and how it's, you know, the confidence level and such like that. And if maybe they're making a, a trade and the captain's always kept abreast of it and stuff like that. So that obviously Connor would have, you know, you know, the coach has an open door policy with all players, but with, with the captain, the, the door is open maybe a little wider than with every, you know, with right. some players. So you know, that part of it uh, would change with Connor, but uh, you know, in Andrew Ference's case, not just the parties, but but the community um, involvement, stuff like that. He was tremendously involved in that and made sure that that the other players were as as keen on the idea as he was. So that's that's another thing that maybe a younger player wouldn't be, you know, quite as adept at as as a veteran player like like Andrew is. But he can grow into that too. Uh, this is an interesting Canada USA game. Logan Couture left. I don't know if he's returned. He was hit awkwardly into the boards. Jonathan Taves just went after somebody after uh, a Canadian defenseman got hit pretty hard behind the net. So pre-tournament game, but pretty nasty between Canada and the States. You know, Jim, I, I get the sense now people are excited to see this tournament 
now that it's sort of started. But throughout most of the summer, a lot of my listeners were saying, who cares? Why are we caring about this made-up event? I've been talking this week how, for me, the, the pinnacle of international hockey was the 1987 Canada Cup. I, w- I was the perfect age, 13 years old. You still had Soviet players at the time who weren't in the NHL, so there was that mystique there. Uh, I mean, well, first of all, did you cover the 87 Canada Cup? And just maybe, uh, is there a pinnacle for international hockey from your career? Uh, I didn't cover the 87 Canada Cup. I covered the 84 Canada Cup and the 81 Canada Cup, though. And the 87, uh, covered 87 Rendezvous in Quebec City where the Russian players came over um, and played the uh, uh, NHL All-Stars in Quebec City. Um, And that was, you know, tremendous, you know, for me, too, as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fans are saying or thinking would they rather watch nhl exhibition games or watch the world cup <laughs> well they are watching it now i just you know i just in I mean, the summer i heard a game an exhibition game in the world cup is is five times better than an nhl exhibition game where half the roster is full of kids who are going to be in the american league and trying to prove to the coaches that you know they're nhlers but haven't yet and you know eight nine nhlers they're just trying to get through the exhibition season um you know, showing a little somewhat and get in shape and not get hurt. So, I mean, at least the World Cup, it's, it's you know, and, and the players, unlike the Olympics, when the players have been playing, um, you know, for four months uh, and are banged up and tired, um, the World Cup, the players have been had all summer off and are ready to play. And they'd rather, I'm sure the players would much rather play this tournament than play exhibition games. So the caliber of play will be very high. And, uh, I'm not surprised Canada and the U.S. don't don't like one another. They never like one another. So <laughs> even in, in a pre you know a pre-tournament game, tempers are going to fly, and it's a little different than Team Europe playing the young guns. Let's put it that way. There's yeah. not, not a lot of uh, um, hatred in those two teams playing, but there certainly is Canada and the U.S. And I would I wouldn't be surprised if we see you know a best of three between those two teams too in the World Cup. All right, and it is now 3-1 for the States late in the second period. Jim, thanks for making time for me tonight. I'll uh, try to track down that information you're looking for, by the way, and send it to you by the by the top of the hour. And uh, I'll see you uh, as we roll into Penticton and into training camp, man. Thanks, Reed. Take care. This is Jim Matheson from the Edmonton Journal checking in tonight inside sports on 630. Chad, yeah, long discussion now. Uh, Ryan Kessler, I don't know. I obviously don't have the sound on here. Kellen, I don't know if you're able to pick up what's going on. Uh, Kessler hit Weber from behind. Taves went after Kessler. There was a big scrum out of that, and Kessler, yes, does get a major penalty out of that. So it's uh, it's not even the tournament. And there we go. Got a text here to six thirty six thirty. Will any games from the World Cup be on six thirty, Chet? Yes. We will have all the primetime games during the World Cup. So we'll have all the games that start at six p.m will be on, and then we'll have all the playoff games, the semifinals and the finals. So I, have a da- I have a date for them, too. Starting next Saturday. Saturday, September 17th, Canada versus the Czech Republic, 6 p.m. There you go. And we'll also have all the Oilers rookie games from Penticton, and we'll continue with Eskimos coverage, too. The United States does get a four-on-three power play out of this late in the second period. All right. Thanks to Jim Matheson for joining us uh, again. You, any thoughts on Christopher Stieg? What's going on with the Oilers? You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Connor McDavid 
was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. As we move along tonight, we'll get to some of those comments, and you'll hear from Mike Riley, too. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Blue Jays still down 5-2 to the Red Sox, bottom of the fifth. Final minute of the second period in Columbus, pre-World Cup game, United States 3, Canada 1. Canada now on a two-man advantage, a penalty-filled end of this period. It's been a fairly nasty game, actually, between the two old rivals. Uh, remember, starting up top of the hour, football, Canada West style at Foot Field. U of A hosting U of S. And in St. Albert, a WHL preseason game tonight between the Oil Kings and Calgary. So a lot going on, and we will keep you abreast of all the action. Jam-packed Friday night. I almost said Saturday night, but it's Friday night. Well, it, it feels like a Saturday. That's how exciting it is, Kellen Kennedy. There's lots of stuff it, it happening really tomorrow, is. too. So Tomorrow, again, 2 to 3.30, I'll be live from Rogers Place. And then at 3.30, we'll have the Eskimos pregame show. 5 o'clock, they play the Calgary Stampeders. Mike Riley looking forward to the rematch game. Again, it's a different game every time that you play. Um, but at the same time, you know, they do what they do, and they do it well. Um, and we try to do the same. So, um, you know, there's going to be tweaks here or there. There's going to be some stuff they're going to try to show us that we haven't seen. We're going to do the same. But, again, um, you know, they've been playing a certain way since the beginning of the season, and, uh, you know, so have we. So uh, it's just going to be whoever comes out and executes their game plan better. Uh, that's who's going to win. Obviously, they did that much better than us the first time. Uh, we get a chance to try to change that outcome. We left a lot of opportunities out there, for sure, that would have made the score closer, if not different. But, you know, that's not an excuse. We, we didn't do it. So, um, you know, they, they beat us, and they beat us well. Um, but, yeah, there's little things here or there um, that we play better. We do things better. We take care of the ball better. We take the ball away from them in certain scenarios. Um, you know, yeah, it's going to be a closer game or it's going to be a game that we win. But we didn't do it that game. So, no, I don't, I don't think it was misleading. Um, you know, but we get a chance to, to make those plays here on Saturday. And, and, again, if we are able to do that, yes, the score will be different. You know, they, they run the ball well, um, you know, and, and their offense scores points. Um, you know, and, and they get out of difficult situations as an entire offensive group. You know, if you if you move the ball but you don't finish with touchdowns and you punt and you pin them deep, uh, they always do a great job of getting out of their end um, and flipping the field position back. So uh, anytime you play against a team like that, you know, it's not fun to play from behind. It's, it makes the game very difficult, um, you know, but... You know, they play well in the beginning parts of the game, too. They're a good football team. So um, it's going to be tough to play against them, whether you got the lead or, or you're behind. Um, that's why you just go out and, and you need to play a, a good football game uh, in order to win a game against that team. All right. And the Eskimos, of course, could not beat Calgary for a long stretch until beating them in last year's Labor Day rematch. Then they beat them in Calgary later in the 2015 regular season and then beat them here in Edmonton in the West Final and won the Grey Cup. And now Calgary back on top of the league. Riley, I mean, I mean look, I, I get asked this by a few people, and Jim from Red Deer called it and said, why doesn't James Franklin play, you know, or, or Jordan Lynch? And I, I, I get And Jim said he respects my opinion. I, I respect his. It's just I am not a guy who thinks quarterback roulette is, is a good strategy. 
if I mean maybe if you were stuck with two relatively inexperienced quarterbacks, maybe that's different. Mike Riley doesn't fall under the banner of an inexperienced quarterback. And now if he's playing a complete stinker series after series after series, then okay, sure, maybe it gets that desperate. But I, I just he's the guy for this team. I mean, he's, he's the quarterback. He's highly paid. He has won. I mean, we're not dealing with a guy who continually falters all the time and has a history of royally screwing up. I mean, he's kind of turned into a pretty successful quarterback that his teammates believe in. So I don't believe in a two-quarterback system. I think that's a bit of a myth. I think it's something that doesn't really exist in pro football anymore. So I think you ride Riley, and I think he's he's going to play better tomorrow. Connor McDavid, some comments from him when we get back. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.